0: I'm Angela Keddington.
1: And I'm Josh Keddington.
0: Join us as we take the opportunity to discuss talks from the most recent General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: We will focus on how each of these messages personally enhances our ability to keep our sights on the Savior in all that we do.
0: Thanks for joining us. Welcome to our brand new podcast, Sights on the Savior. We are in season one, episode one. And uh, this is something that I have wanted to do for how long, Josh? When did I start doing this? It's been at least six months, but I kind of think it's been longer than that. Yeah.
1: Uh, last April conference is my first recollection of this.
0: Yeah. My name is Angela, and I think the best way for us to, you know, kind of get you guys to let us know things is just to share little, maybe little tidbits about ourselves at the beginning of the few episodes, because in reality, I would just love to be able to go through the conference addresses, but we'll just kind of let you get to know us a little bit through the next few weeks or so. Um, I'm a registered nurse by trade, and I really do love just diving deep into the uh, conference talks, and I'm super excited about this. So, Josh, want to s- tell a little bit about you. We, we're married, by the way. We've been married for 27 years. And Josh, uh, go ahead. And that interrupt. makes
1: us sound older than we are when you say it like that. <laughs> I'm well, Josh, I'm and old. I work uh, for Security National here in Salt Lake. I manage our IT operations staff and that's what I do for work every day. And at night I drive Miss Daisy and the boys around. That's what I do.
0: Yep. Yep, I miss Daisy cuz I I won't drive on the freeway, so Josh drives us everywhere. But that's also another story for another day. So um I'm the talker part of this and Josh is the techie part of it, but he can talk too, but I, I don't do tech well. So, so we're, we're a good, a good team here. Um, so obviously, you know, going through the podcast or going through the conference addresses. Nobody wants to just kind of like verbatim go through the conference addresses again, because everyone has access to be able to do that on their own. Um, I do love that we have such instant access to all the conference addresses. And so as I was going through this, I was kind of trying to think, you know, what, what did I want to focus on that I felt like would be such an important reason to do this in a podcast format, as opposed to people just, you know, re rehashing through and kind of studying on their own. And so that's when I kind of discovered my why in this podcast. So the things, and as I, you know, was thinking about this, I actually did the artwork and thought of the title last April. And then here we are six months later. Um, But I I was like, what what do I want to do with the rest of this? And I knew all along that what I definitely wanted to do is make sure that we took elements of the conference talks and talked about how certain parts of those allow us to be able to have our sights on the Savior in our daily lives. And so We'll see how this evolves, but right now I think what I would like to focus on, and Josh and I will take turns being in charge of these addresses. But um, I want to focus each week um, on a question, a highlight of that talk, um, and a challenge, and all of those will be focused on keeping our sights on the Savior. And we'd like to keep it, you know, fairly fairly short, so it's a doable thing to listen to, you know, twenty to twenty five minutes. And I think that we're just planning, although I I think we're just going to go in order of exactly the way the talks were presented. Um, We'd already worked on Elder Bednar's talk, and then I kind of started thinking and wondering if we should have started on President Nelson's Think Celestial. Think Celestial. Yeah, Think Celestial. So. I guess as as we're going right now, though, we'll obviously think through that through the next six months and maybe, you know, if we do this in the order it was presented in conference, it'll be a great chance for us to all re recollect back and see how we, you know, felt like we did on that as we kind of re-reflect back on that. So so Elder Bednar's talk, we we're, we're going to start there. Oh, and Josh, before we start, so I told Josh I was going to have little questions each week that are pertinent to getting to know us, but also pertinent to, you know, things in relation to part of gospel living and stuff. And Josh, what have you been thankful for this week?
1: I've honestly been thankful for the last few weeks for Paul and for his words. I think one of the great messages that he conveys in all of his writings to everyone to whom he writes is the God's grace. And how it's sufficient for us as we're reliant on the Savior and His atonement. And we exercise our faith in Him. That just speaks to me the way He, He is always talking about grace. And how grace is just available to all of us again as we exercise our faith in the Savior and in His atonement.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were doing some stuff in the We Believe app tonight. And um I'm I have found myself getting sad that we're getting to the end of the New Testament because it's just been a treasure trove full of so many awesome things. And I've also been thankful for Paul and um thankful to just relearn, I feel like this year using some different study tactics, which is part of what made me want to dive that far into the conference addresses. Um, I feel like I've learned the stories on a deeper level this year. So that's been, that's been awesome. And I've been thankful for that as well. Um, so on, uh, on Elder Bednar's talk, I'm going to just go through a little section here. So we, we both talked about, uh, when we were planning this, Josh and I talked about what we would want the highlight to be, we both have our own ideas here. And so if you remember, this talk is called in the path of their duty. Um, and he, if you remember, he talked about uh, people being in they of the last wagon. So the people here, I'll, I'll just read this part. It's from president Clark. He quotes president Clark. Um and it's, he's talking about when it was uh, a, 100, a 100th anniversary of the pioneers arriving here. So in the October 1947 General Conference, um, President Clark said, he it says he described in great detail the characteristics of and the challenges faced by the migrants who traveled in the last covered wagon in each of the long wagon trains that crossed the plains. And then he goes on to say they of the last wagon pressed forward, worn and tired, foot sore, sometimes almost disheartened, borne up by their faith that God loved them, that the restored gospel was true and that the Lord led and directed the brethren out in front. And uh, so so that, you know, kind of there is an introduction of what this talk was about. Uh, But the thing that stuck out to me In consideration of our today and what we could get out of this message in today's world, uh, going down a little bit at the end of that first section of his talk, he quotes President Hunter and he says that President Hunter counseled and he's talking about us being serviceable. He said, if you feel that much of what you do this year or in the years to come do not make you very famous, take heart. Most of the best people who ever lived weren't very famous either. Serve and grow faithfully and quietly. And I just thought a lot about that because I think like our youth in the church today and just in the world today, they've got the world at their fingertips. Like they can, you know, push a button and be, see things that are in another country and, you know, just see all these people and influencers and stuff like that. They all want to be on YouTube and everybody wants to be influencers. And so it's really easy to get caught in a trap of wanting to be like a really well-known person. Um, But in, you know, in reality, and as a reminder in this talk, we're all known to Heavenly Father and the best known people, like President Hunter said, are people that weren't famous either. And so to really think about who was in the back of the wagon or the back of the wagon line, you know, in those early days as the pioneers were coming here. Um, That was something as a highlight of this talk that really spoke and stuck out to me. Um, How about you, Josh?
1: The one thing I think those are both really good. I think, you know, there's so much to be said about doing things inconspicuously and not being out in front, right? That's what President Clark chose his words for his words, where he said that the brethren were out in front of them. They were obviously following. And if we think about the person whom we follow, the Savior, right, we'll never be out in front. We'll always be following him. And it doesn't matter what we do or who we are as far as the world's concerned, but what matters is what we are and who we are to him. So I, I really like both of those statements, but the one I think he focuses his whole talk on is in the path of their duty, comes from Samuel the Lamanite, where he says, Behold that the more part of them are in the path of their duty, and they do walk circumspectly before God, and do observe to keep His commandments and His statutes. And then he goes on to describe everyone in the church today, Elder Bednar does, that he sees in the path of their duty. And I think, you know, that's the the big part of this for me is what he says encompasses all of us, everyone, in the path of their duty, right? He sees spouses and children who are supportive of someone in their family in a leadership position and how they're... Steady, as he says, steady, quiet, and typically unrecognized, sustaining influence makes possible the blessing of many individuals and families in ways that will fully be known only in eternity. The things that they do behind the scenes, right, are the things that are important. Even just supporting, but he talks about nursery leaders and primary teachers, um, people striving to repent and change and just pretty well, like I said, encompasses all of us. And when we're engaged in the work of the Savior, we are in the path of our duty. And that's what I take away from this the most is when we're trying and striving our hardest to be like the Savior, that's the path of our duty.
0: I love that you pointed out um, that whenever we serve you know, serve the savior that we're always going to be behind him. Uh, I hadn't thought about that part. And that's why I'm excited to do this podcast with Josh, because I feel like he's like a good scriptorian and I'm like kind of a good, more modern day applicability. So I, I hope we're a good mix. To, Did you just to say I was old
1: fashioned? Is that what you said?
0: No, you're, you you're, said you were modern and I'm
1: old. <laughs> you're the scriptorian. That's old. Yeah,
0: that's good. Oh, no, that's my. good. <laughs> um, I love that though. I never thought about that. That's awesome. And that's why I also wanted this podcast. Cause we, we talked forever about studying conference addresses together. And I feel like we just never like made an intentional good time to do it. And now here, now here we are. So hopefully some other people come along for the ride too. Um, so I love that. That's awesome. Uh, so the next part I wanted to talk about is, uh, so in the talk, you know, what part helps me or you, the listeners here, set your sight on the Savior. And as I was listening, Josh, you you uh, described some of these, but the biggest thing that would help me to set my sight on the Savior in this talk is to be the person that he described in many of the scenarios. And um, at the end of the talk, Elder Bednar said, you know, I've just described a few here, but I think he did such an amazing, awesome job at like, talking about way more than a few of those things. He, he did an awesome job talking about, I think he pretty much had to have encompassed everybody in the church in those descriptions, but I, I want to set my sight on the Savior by focusing on the things that he, focusing on being the people that he talked about in that, and not letting myself deviate from anything that doesn't fit into the role of, of what kind of a, Role I would play in in these situations. Um, he talks about I'm trying to find it here, where he talks about people that have the strength to keep their kids in the meetings. Let me find it here. Hold on. Where is it? Oh, here it is. Okay, it says um, the phrase in the path of their duty describes faithful married men and women who honor their covenant responsibility to multiply and replenish the earth. Here's the part he says, and who are blessed with the strength and stamina to wrestle their children in sacrament meetings. (laughs) And um, when I read that, and I think about keeping my sight on the savior uh, we, Josh and I, we have two older kids. We have two girls, ages 25 and 21. And then we have younger boys, two boys, ages 12 and eight. And when our girls were little, um, Josh was in a bishopric. And, and I, it was just a pretty crazy time. I remember sitting in the back of the foyer, even if the little curtain thing was shut. And I knew and hoped and figured that the deacons would come still bring the sacrament to us. And I was like, if I could just get through the sacrament, we're doing good, we're doing good. And, and you know, and literally... Our two year old at the time was like running circles around the area and I just couldn't fight with her anymore. Uh, To sit still, I just was like, whatever, I kind of had given up. But I, I remember that day feeling pretty defeated, even though we stayed in and took the sacrament, I was feeling extremely defeated. And I, I remember that day in my heart saying a prayer and saying, Heavenly Father, why does this have to be so hard? Like this is ridiculous that I'm doing this and sitting here. And before I could even get that thought out of my mouth, a, a feeling came and a voice came that said, If it if it weren't so hard, it would be easier for your heart to wander. And um I've been so thankful for that because uh talk about setting sights on on the savior. Um, any time that I've gone through, there's been multiple times since that experience with all four of our kids now where I'm like, why does it have to be so hard? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember why it needs to be so hard. Be, it would be easier for my heart to wander if my heart wasn't set on those standards of doing what I need to do and working really, really hard to, to be the best mom that I could be for my kids. And so that's the way I would set my sight on the Savior, you know, the thing that I would focus on in this talk is to um, just make sure that I am living up to those things that he talked about. Um, How about you, Josh?
1: I think for me, the thing that stood out the most was towards the end of his talk, he talked about righteous individuals who yearn to become yoked to the Savior through the authorized covenants and ordinances of the gospel, but may be prohibited from doing so by factors beyond their control and I think that there are times in our lives when that is all of us where we feel like our relationship with the Savior may be inhibited by things outside of our control whether it be people around us, our jobs um, just circumstances in which we might find ourselves sometimes we feel less than able to feel the Spirit and to follow the Savior. But I think that the peace and hope that, mostly the hope he gives through what he says afterward, is so applicable to us in any time of our lives. He makes a promise. He says, I promise your personal anguish will be relieved and your obedience and faithfulness to patiently submit your will to God will be rewarded in the own due time of the Lord. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And if you think about the crazy times in which we find ourselves, the chaos around us, finding peace in the Savior is sometimes difficult. And again, you know, we may have circumstances beyond our control that inhibit us from feeling yoked to the Savior and feeling the peace that comes from the covenants that we have made and renew with him even again work right not having a job on Sunday there you can't take the sacrament every week or you have to have a job and that's beyond some people's control and just again, People around you can make it so you can't feel peace and things going on in the world definitely can take your peace away and I think that there is great peace in knowing that God is in charge and that when you can he says patiently submit your will to God that's when the rewards come in God's time and I love that quote from Elder Maxwell where he says having faith in in God includes having faith in his timing. So we can want, 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 but we have to wait, wait, wait. So that that's what I really liked.
0: Awesome. I love it. Um finally, so so kind of back, rounding back to what we said at the beginning, we'd like to focus on a question, a highlight, and then a challenge each week, all focused on keeping our sights focused on the Savior. And so my challenge to myself and to anybody else who feels inspired to want to take on this challenge, as I was thinking about this, I wanted to put a caveat out there that there definitely is always a time and a season for everything. And so when I was thinking about this challenge part of it, I was like, I don't want to make anybody feel like guilty or feel like there's one more thing on their plate. And I pictured it like if we go into like Chikarrama. If you have chikarramas, we do here in Utah. And it's a buffet. Like we're not going to sit and eat everything all at once. Even if we'd like to, we're not going to do that because we don't have the capacity to do that. But we go and we take little bits at a time. So in these challenges, if you, you know, through the spirit feel like it's something that that's something that you want to try, or you're at a season in your life that you're able to, then jump on the challenge wagon with us and if not then maybe hopefully some of our perspectives and the things that we talk about in it can can strengthen your testimony just by hearing you know the things that that we talk about in this but um my challenge hopefully is something that has become a lot easier over the last few years. And when I was thinking about this, I thought this was so cool. This kind of came full circle for me today. So I um, thought about, you know, the people at the back of the wagon. And as I was thinking about that, I had one member of my family that I always knew was in the William Martin Handcart company. Um, Her name was Mary Murdoch. And I think was just she was in her seventies, eighties when she came through.
1: She I'm not older. sure how old she was.
0: Yeah, I don't remember, but she was older. And she she died before she made it here. And so she died with the famous words of tell Johnny, who was her son, I believe. Um, But tell Johnny I died with my face towards Zion. So she's a, a pretty famous, a well-known person. You know, Elder Bednar talks about the not so well-known. She was on that other end. And then I recently... Uh, found out through a story that I might share later. It's a long story, but I found some elements of some family history that I did not know about until fairly recently. And in studying that, I found that I have um, another family member who was also a member of the William Martin Handcart Company. But I had no idea about that until a couple of months ago. And how I actually found that out funny enough is in their history there's a picture of a very interesting looking rolling pin and the rolling pin has tiny little divots in it so if you thought of a rolling pin that would look about the the divots looked to be about the width of like a spaghetti noodle so it's really interesting looking so when i saw this picture of this rolling pin i did some diving in and i was like this is really interesting And apparently um, they would use those to roll them out to make the, to make noodles. And that was the correct width of the noodle. And that was such a unique um, piece and a unique kitchen accessory that this relative brought that over the plains and they made it. They survived the William Martin Handcart company. They brought their rolling pin and they lived a long life here in the Salt Lake Valley. And so how cool, you know, that I have this, famous person that passed away, but then this more back of the wagon person who's just as much a part of my history as Mary Murdoch was. And as I thought about that, there's a part in elder Bednar's talk where he talks about, you know, that they're not as well-known, but I think he says, don't quote me on this one. This might just be my take on it, but I think he said something to the extent of that we're all well-known to the savior, to our heavenly father Um, But as I thought about that, the cool thing is a lot of those back of the wagon people, they may not be known to the world, but they are part of our family history. And I, I am so thankful that we live in a time family history cannot be easier. It's so easy. Um, there's an app called Get Involved that I recently learned about. Maybe some of you know about it, but you can go in on this app and you can index in the middle of you know just wherever the grocery store now. And we're just so lucky to have that. And so, as I thought about my story, you know, I realized that um, my challenge could be that I could, I could be the one to learn as those people are part of my posterity that. And me doing my family history and studying up that I could learn about those people that were part of the back of the wagon, but are part of my personal story and heritage. And so that's my, my challenge to you, whoever would like to take that challenge on, is to think in their heart about some ways that they could become closer to the Savior by, by focusing on some of their family history through what we've learned in this talk. Um, how about you, Josh?
1: You stole mine, seriously. So, I really did. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was also, thinking. we kind
0: of didn't really talk. We, we, we sort of, like, talked about what this was going to be about, but we didn't, like, put this together, and we probably never will. So it'll be interesting to see how that always fits together. So, yeah, I was
1: thinking so... that same thing. I think it's just so important for us to understand from where we've come and where we're going and how we're getting there. And it, it's... There's are so many neat experiences, not just from, obviously, pioneers who cross the plains, but pioneers from, you know, all over the world who join the church and strive to bring their families closer to the Savior in whatever country they live in now. They're, they are pioneers of their own right. They didn't have to cross the plains to be a pioneer, but I think if we really spend time figuring out who our family it kind of feels like a, who we were. I think it will better help us understand who we are and how we become better. So.
0: Yep. Yeah. Knowing who we were helps us to know who we are and who we can become. I think too. So that's awesome. Challenge accepted. Discovering our roots. Yeah. Yeah. And also like I noticed a big theme kind of goes back to a theme that I noticed in this conference. Um, about uh not being the weak link that was mentioned a few times and you know what what does that mean and what's that challenge for us and how are we going to be the strong link to you know for others here and for others who will come in our posterity in time so awesome
1: i think one other thing to to further the challenge is how does knowing your family help you to think celestial if you tie that to President Nelson's challenge, right? You yeah. can't get a better one than his. So how how does knowing who we are help us think celestial?
0: Yeah, I like that. I think I think for this uh this little like, we'll be in six month sections that will be our seasons. And we didn't know this really when we planned it, but you know maybe in a different in addition to talking about setting our sights on the Savior, I think we should spend some time in each of these touching base on how each of the things that we talk about each week helps us to think celestial because that, that talk had some amazing stuff in it and tying back all these other talks to that could also be a really fun, really fun, uh, meaningful twist on this, on the season. So, um, anything else you want to talk about Josh?
1: Nope. That's it for me.
0: Okay. So, uh, you know, you you could definitely just listen to these, um, but you'll probably get more out of them if you try to read, you know, before we do the next one. So uh, we're kind of thinking that we might uh, double up some of the ones that are the shorter talks just so we can get through all the talks before next, you know, next general conference, but We'll start slow and kind of see where we go with that. So for next month, or I'm sorry, next month, next episode. So we're gonna do these weekly. Next episode, we will do um, "Abide the Day in Christ" by Amy Wright. So just going in order, keeping that really simple and easy. And thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you next time.